You're listening to episode 267 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we reach the end of our journey with the Netflix series Dark. And as I was saying to you off the air the first time we (laughs) tried this, we had a little microphone problem. But I really, on the one hand, I'm kind of nervous. I mean, this is our biggest challenge. You think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I agree with you, but still. Yeah, I'm just so like psyched to talk about this episode i mean i've now watched it probably maybe six times um I, even the last time i went back and watched it in german with the subtitles and uh you know i it's the uh yeah like it, it's great because we've had to kind of hold back in our discussions so far you know we had the spoiler zone so that's a little bit but now we can just let it all fly man you know we just Say what we want to say. We don't have to worry about any spoilers or anything. We can come up with our crazy theories that if we want, and they won't be fake. So, uh, yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah, and um, as we were saying last week, we really think this discussion is going to take two episodes of sci-fi tv rewatch because there is so much to talk about we're going to continue it next week so tonight the plan is to cover episode 110 just as we always do but it's possible we might not get through everything i mean fred sent in two audio feedbacks the first of which we're going to include and address tonight we'll take a look at his second feedback and his questions next time but because of the nature of the dark conclusion there's likely going to be some overlap. Some questions might get addressed tonight. We're just going to see what happens. And that said, I think from our perspective, a 90-minute podcast is pushing the limits of how far we want to take this thing. So we'll see how it goes. Some of what we intend to get to tonight might get pushed to next week, and that's okay. We might end up going 90 minutes. It might happen. Well, I think we probably will go 90 minutes. My point is to <laughs> cover everything right. we've actually got, we'd probably literally go over two hours yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, probably. So that said, I mean, ordinarily we look at whatever show we're doing really in a lot of detail. It's just that virtually every piece of dialogue in dark is important. And even at that, we're not going to be able to deal with them all. Right. And there's even one part, I can't remember even who said it or what they were talking about. I'm sure I'll remember when we get to that point. But someone said how like every little detail matters, every little word matters. I'm like, oh, they're, they're talking about this show, <laughs> like the character themselves. Like I, I can't remember who said that and everything. But. The last time I watched this episode to prepare for this podcast, I also watched it in the German with the English subtitles. And... Oh, my gosh. In in so many ways, it's so much better. However, as I think all of our English-speaking listeners know, it's just too deep. You almost have to have the English audio and the English subtitles if you go that way like I do. But Yeah, well, it's just like, you know, so I I kind of realized before because when I I first tried to watch uh, Dark in the German, I had a smaller TV and the subtitles were really tough to see. Um, but now I have a bigger TV, and the subtitles are totally easy to see. I also have new glasses too, um, so like I was, it, it was it was great. But I, I know a lot because there is so much dialogue and so in depth. 
that there were times when I'm just looking at the dialogue and not really seeing the visuals. And that's kind of the only bummer about subtitles. It was great to hear the actors' own voices. And, you know, to see like that one scene when Ulrich's in jail and he sings in English. Like, I didn't realize. <laughs> I just thought that was dubbed in. But he's really singing a song in English. Yeah. So. All right. Well, this is episode 10 of season one. Alpha and Omega, written by Yante Frisia and Ronnie Schalk, who wrote 102 Lies and 106, Thus the World Was Created, directed as always by Baron Bo Odar. Before I start with my few points of emphasis, the episode starts the day of Mickle's disappearance, and we get a lot of questions answered. But it's November 4th, 2019, presumably 10:13 p.m., and we start that. Peter's at the transvestite hookers, but he drives away. So the first thing I'm wondering, was he done or did he just not go in? No, he didn't go in. It, clearly, he is sitting there, um, you know, just looking at her, um, obviously desiring to go to her. But he uh, you know, goes back and, you know, I mean, Freud would have a field day with this, you know, he he crawls down into the bunker, into the womb, in order to slap himself. I mean, there's just all kinds of psychological things. I actually think for next week, I'm going to come up with what is the psychological issue for like each of the characters. Because I think each of these characters has some major things wrong with them. Well, um, sure. Is he having second thoughts about the life that he's chosen? Because I start thinking about whether or not this hooker is going to have anything important to do with time travel or is it simply, as you said, really a, a, a quick psychological peek at him as he descends into the bunker? Well, I think it's a little of both because, um, you know, I think I, I can't remember when I said what, but I think last time I had said how some of these characters who don't seem like they are maybe super important, like Magnus and Francesca, how they, you know, might actually be like, I think that they're they're gonna in season two we're gonna see they are actually more significant and I think the uh, the the this the, the hooker is beca- the only reason I think this is because the truck that um, Jonas we, we can say for sure now now it's out there it is future Jonas is the stranger he steals the cesium right that's what he was doing in the truck with the all the yellow barrels right. Uh, that's what I figured. I assume he's stealing the cesium. So, but it's right next to the hooker's trailer. And now, like, right at the beginning, Peter's there. So I think this is another character that, at this point, seems like just an incidental character. But uh, ultimately, there's going to be some import. I, I think they just, they've showed her too much for her not to really play a role in this story somehow. Right, and that's really my line of thinking as well. Now, he goes into the cabin, descends into the bunker, sits on the bench, and and as you uh, said, he starts slapping himself and reciting the serenity prayer when a tear in the space-time fabric, wormhole, black hole, whatever we want to call it, spits out (laughs) the dead boy onto the bunker floor. Yeah. He and thought his day was right bad a- before, right? <laughs> well, he, again, and, and from an acting standpoint, I, I thought he really did an outstanding job. Oh, spectacular. Acting freaked out because we have pretty much 
put two and two together and come out with the idea that we're dealing with a causal loop. So on the one hand, I was wondering whether this was something that he knew was going to happen, but we learn he's not there yet to the point in the story. Of course, one of the questions we have to consider who opened the black hole, but I think we get that answer. It's older Jonas. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, it's, this is serendipity, right? Like, though, again, like, was he in some way directed there as well? You know, like, I don't see how that could be, but it's possible that, you know, by the actions that took place, that he was somehow directed to be in that bunker at that time when Mad's body, you know, comes through, which I, 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 what I'm thinking is when um, Noah puts these kids into the machine, he, they do get sent through time, but they just don't survive. Right. right. That's what Jonas well, the Elder was saying by, it's a time machine, but it doesn't quite work yet, you know. Well, and it may still not work. It may simply be the action of older Jonas activating the device that opens the the wormhole. And, and so it wasn't really the time machine not, that worked. It's not time for that yet, though, you know? Well, true. Uh, and it could, because Jonas is talking to his younger self and, and he's mentioning that the chair time machine doesn't work yet. I think he says it doesn't have enough energy. So perhaps the device provided that energy but of course nobody was sitting in the chair at that time anyway peter realizes that it's mads from 1986 and and of course that freaks him out mads you know uh conveniently enough has a big id tag on his front that uh right but but i was impressed by the fact that he immediately administers cpr and right. Well, that's before he, he had, knows it's Mads. Like he he does CPR before he knows who it is. Right. Calls Tronte, tells him you got to come to the bunker. It's about your son, and, and of course he no, thinks he Ulrich. means Ulrich. And, and Tronte starts sobbing over the body. So oh, so man. of course one of those questions that we're concerned with is whether or not they knew this was going to happen. Uh, it appears that they did not at this no, point. No, definitely not. And. Suddenly, older Claudia walks into the bunker. There's so much I have to explain and tells them they need to take Mads to where he needs to be found. So on the one hand, now we know why Peter's been acting so weirdly. And Tronte. And and Tronte, but especially Peter. I mean, we just seem to see more of him. Right. Well, but I mean, the two of them, we, okay, I had suspected of being shenanigans uh this whole time and really it was a complete red herring you know as we said as i revealed in the spoilers that they they had nothing there's no foul play at all that the the red dirt on tronte's uh clothes and the the blood on his sweater and and it also kind of like so i admit i was pretty harsh with tronte um, earlier as well because he was like lying to Jan and everything. But in now in retrospect, it's like I feel kind of bad because you know the guy just had to put the body of his son who'd been dead for thirty three years, who was still the same age as when he disappeared. I mean, like 
obviously he's completely grief stricken and distraught. And so of course he's going to be acting abnormal and he's just holding it together. And I guess the only thing that we could, well, you know, and it's like probably he thinks he can't even tell Jana, Jana because she'll think he's nuts, right? Well, of course. And, and in addition to feeling the grief and the shock and all of that, the man likely wants some answers, but as you allude, he can't ask any questions of anybody because they'll, again, like you said, they'll think he's nuts. So I think we have to assume this is their first encounter with time travel and the wormhole. Uh, oh, yeah, and Peter absolutely. I don't think we have to assume that. I mean, I think that's a given. Right, right. So, But then they get the little notebook and now they're freaking experts, right? Right. Now, the question we've talked about from time to time during the course of these podcasts did Mickle disappear through a corresponding wormhole because we do see him exit the cave yep. so i think how Mickle and like got none the worse for wear too so it's not like he was like knocked out or manhandled or anything like that i mean he walks out of the cave he walks out on his own power as if he had just kind of wandered in right so how he got from 2019 to 86 well i'm glad you asked dave (laughs) still remains a bit of a mystery yes oh it's a complete mystery i mean i have theories that you know we've actually been chatting about it on uh on the the facebook group a little bit and uh you know i'm if i if i put my theory out there i'm going to kind of back it up if i had to say i think it's some incarnation of jonas led him and actually i would if i had to really put my money down i would say it's pretty close to 2019 jonas who's still wearing the yellow jacket in the future who somehow goes back and is able to because like remember he's there right so if mickle saw jonas in a yellow rain jacket say hey you know come on mickle come this way you know he wouldn't probably think there's anything abnormal it's just jonas right right but would he go with him i mean he's got a sense that he's in 1986 wouldn't he wonder what the hell are you doing here yeah he'd be pretty pissed at jonas too like he doesn't seem like angry when he's in 86 you know like if 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 jonas had led him there and then ditched him he'd probably be (laughs) like man that that a-hole deal like he probably had trust issues but he doesn't really have trust issues like you know he takes a ns like right away and to hannah as well so right now you brought up the idea of red herrings and i think the show has done a really good job of you know, giving us a few red herrings to chew on over the course of the 10 episodes but but not going overboard for the most part things that seem important turn out to be important but there's that scene when Mickle's doing magic for Nurse Innes, and he tells her he just wants to wake up, and right. she then tells that story about the butterfly and the man, uh. and I'm just thinking, you know what? This better not be an effing dream. <laughs> right, right. Well, but also there's, you know, Jonas in the beginning of the episode throws his drugs away. So is this a crazy hallucination? Now, obviously, that's like the biggest cop out ever right like if at the end mickle just wakes up and it's just like oh auntie m you're here and you were there and you were a scarecrow you know like no bs right that's that a show this deep and and, you know with with this much 
layer this, these many layers of meaning to to end it on a it was all a dream and Mickle wakes up and he's back in his house and none of this happened. That would be a big big betrayal of of anyone who's watching this show. I, no, I it, definitely don't think that's where they're going with this. The show will end. Jonas will be in the shower, and Martha will get in with him. See, you're you're too young to remember the uh, show Dallas, and oh, I remember uh, Dallas. I just I wasn't able to watch it. Oh, they killed off the one main character. I think it was contractual, and then later on, a year later, they brought him back. And okay, well, how do we? He's like, oh, it was all a dream. Uh, okay. Bobby and the Bobby waking up in the shower. All right. right. Anyway, well, Newhart um, did that. Like Newhart ended, right? Oh my God! But that was awesome. Right, right, right. The way they did it—that right. was so good. All right. Anyway, so we know the date is now November twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Eight days after Mickle's disappearance, and we learn, and and I think we pretty much had started putting this together as well that the cave passages are under the bunker. So how that was ever discovered that the bunker was, you know, th- this this key point geographically we still don't know but well it um, might have been discovered when helge got ripped from 1953 to 1986 well that could be as well yeah no question now a, a couple of just random things that i that i think are important to the story, not necessarily the larger arc, but you know, that scene where Martha is talking to Bartosh right. and apologizes for what she's done. He hugs her, tells her it's all right, but obviously it appears he's got something else on his mind, which now we assume is his meeting with Noah or oh, rather meetings. With I just Noah. thought it was like, I mean, he's got something else on his mind for sure. I mean, it's, uh, as but, every but, other teenage boy, Well, yeah, but but she's in tears, and I'm thinking, okay, is she rebounding from Jonas's rejection, and is she that shallow? I mean, does she simply have to have a boyfriend? I mean, it just seems like everything happens so quickly here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, for sure she is, you know, I mean, Jonas was harsh, you know, but he was, you know, cruel to be kind, as Hamlet would say, but... And also, what was that, Nick Lowe? Was that a Nick Lowe song, Cool to Be Kind? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but, uh, but, you know, but yeah, you're right. All of a sudden now, like, was even Bartosh doing there? Like, right? I thought she'd pretty much blown him off, you know? But, you know, like, he just, obviously he's got stuff on, like you said, I mean, I was goofing around. Like, obviously he's got some heavy stuff on his mind with these meetings with Noah, you know, that he looks so, like, kind of, his like very cold and unfeeling, which again, like for, you know, those of us who are fairly sure that Noah becomes Bart or Bartosh becomes Noah, which actually now I might be starting to back off because it seems like a little too obvious. <laughs> now that I All right, think hold about, off on that. Know? And I'm laughing because I've changed my opinion on it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, he just looks so like, unfeeling and uncaring and even when he hugs her it's like like there's i don't really see emotion in those eyes there you know well and that's why i really think it's his experiences with noah that is weighing heavily on him my issue is with martha because i want to like her but again not not critical to the overall story arc and certainly in the same way tronte and peter in the shelter 
and Tronte says a few more hours and it'll be over. Now, this is 2019. So this is after that mm-hmm. incident when Mad's body deposits itself on the floor of the shelter. Everything Claudia said would happen has happened in the last eight days. She's apparently told them that Mads will live again. The fact that we seem to be in this causal loop where no matter what you do, you're going to do what you're supposed to do. Right. I I, I don't know where that's coming from. Obviously, that's part of the mystery here. Why are some of the pages? Why are some of the pages torn out of the book? Right. Right. And and then that 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 line after today it will all be new and i'm thinking like well what a new timeline that the loop will be broken yeah well you know noah claims that claudia is like this master manipulator and that she as you know like one thing about noah is he's like not trying to pretend that he's not using people and and he knows that what he's doing is wrong but he feels justified in it what he accuses claudia of is doing the same thing is using people and sacrificing others for her cause except that she's not letting people in on it right she has them believing that what they're doing is actually going to change things um and so if that is the case then of course do we even halfway trust noah as a narrator and the question is obviously not at all. Um, but if that is the case, then yeah, you can see this, that, you know, she's led Tronte and Peter. And this actually makes me start to believe that maybe she is manipulating them because Tronte and Peter clearly think that, uh, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to go back to how it was before. Mads is going to be back. He's going to be alive, you know? Okay. Now, would you say it's fair at this point, that the major players seem to be Noah, Claudia, Helge, and Jonas. And I, I, you got to put Ulrich in there, I think. Uh, I think Ulrich is so key to this whole thing. Okay. I, I mean, I guess part of the problem there is that he's locked away in a German prison in 1953. And while we can anticipate he's going to get released somehow don't necessarily know that for sure so i I agree with you and and i agree with the point you made several times over the last few weeks that he was sort of the catalyst for a lot of these events but at this point i mean have things broken down that it's claudia versus noah well that's i mean it is claudia versus noah there's all these other players in the scenario and, and now there's all these people in the future who are in the game too. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's impossible to say what the actual scope of this war for control of time is, you know, like, I mean, anyone who's seen this episode at the end, you're just like, what the hell did I just watch? You know, what, what was that? What does that mean? Well, obviously Helge is working with Noah and I think it would be fair to say, well, is he? I think it would be fair to say Jonas is sort of like the referee between Claudia and Noah. And whether or not Claudia is actually pulling the strings, as Noah alludes, we're not sure. Uh, You know, you mentioned the future. We'll get to that in a little bit. Is this her crew that Jonas meets at the end of the episode? 
or is that perhaps right. her opposition? If if I if I had to take a stand, I would say I feel like they are somehow associated with Claudia because you know like Claudia's got like the same weaponry and the same type of apocalyptic clothes. Uh, she just seems like like that, and, and the stranger as well. Um, and we see even now like his beat up gloves that. Like what's up with that? He doesn't take his gloves off. Oh, that, that was like, a I didn't gr- realize that. that was a great visual when he's putting the cesium in the device. I don't know if that's what you're talking yeah. about. And he pushes it. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got his gloves on. Yeah. Now, ad- you know, it's like, dude, adult Jonas wants to return things to normal by breaking the loop. Uh, again, here, here's another reference to that. He wants to destroy the black hole, but of course, there are several references that seem to imply that. The loop is about to be broken, Tronte and Peter, older Jonas. But then on the other hand, as Noah says, he thinks he's going to break the loop, but he's actually going to start it. So, again, I'm not a huge fan of causal loops, but I guess we seem to find ourselves in them a fair amount in these time travel stories. The other thing that I'm wondering about, is it fair to say that the only people that really matter are those who are aware of and or engaging in time travel. I think, well, I don't know. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say the only people that matter, because like I said, I think those, those characters that maybe we didn't see a lot of, um, especially Francesca and Magnus, I think that they're going to end up playing a big part in this. Yeah. But will it be Um, after, they learn about time travel and or become involved in it. So I, I wonder. I think it's when they are part of this crew at the end. Oh, so you're, you're buying into that. So, okay. I, I, I am, I am the, the, the big daddy of this theory. Okay. See, because I'm I put my I, flag I, right in there. I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint that everybody else that, doesn't know about time travel doesn't know about the black holes they're just going about their lives you know in in an oblivious way to the battle for time that that you were talking about a few minutes ago so what impact did they really have they're just going to go and do whatever it is they do that's already been predetermined and again i think it's going to be look at some point somebody that knows about time travel is going to bring somebody else into the club. I mean, young Jonas at some point I, I got a feel is going to tell somebody about what the hell is going on here or where he is now. I have a feeling that those people are going to tell him what's going on. Well, cause they probably know. Well, right. I guess we will see. But despite the fact that individuals are trying to break this loop, Apparently, they just keep it intact, and, and that's kind of where we are. So, Well, it's funny because like both Noah and Claudia at alternate points seem to be trying to protect the timeline by make sure, making sure things happen as they're supposed to happen, and then alternately trying to destroy the timeline. Now, now of course, that's we're assuming that – you know, a Claudia sent, you know, twenty fifty two Jonas to to go and and blow up or you know set off the the machine. 
you know, he could be acting on his own recognizance there. And then we got Noah grabbing kids and using them as guinea pigs to, you know, test out his uh, time machine, which would seem to indicate that he's trying to find a way to use a time machine to change things. But then he also claims that he's protecting uh, time and everything. So I I don't know. Yeah, because the good guys always kidnap innocent children and use them as guinea pigs. Exactly. You're solidly in the light there, bro. Right. All right. Well, we've been talking about Jonas, and he sort of takes matters into his own hands in this episode. He goes to see his grandmother, Ines, and asks her if she knew the boy from the future. She gives him the letter, and his first reaction is, well, it's impossible. I burned this. And the letter, the device, those are things that really drive me crazy from an inability to understand i mean what does the letter tell us are there two letters in the 2019 timeline no 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 no, no, no. I, the, he, the letter the letter he gets now is the letter he will hold for the next 33 years right and I, will I, ultimately I, return to himself that right. he will burn right i mean i get that it's just to wrap your in order head to around then go get the letter yeah i know it's tough <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But that's but you know, it's so funny that Jonas is like, This is impossible. You almost want to slap him like, dude, you walked back to nineteen eighty six and saw your dad and mom as kids. What do you mean impossible? Like, are you kidding me? Like after doing that, you should pretty be pretty open minded as far as what is possible and what's not. Right. Now, she talks to him about Mikkel that at first she thought he was just a disturbed little boy who needed help when he tells her that, you know, I'm from the future. And then Jonas demands to know why she never did anything. And I'm I'm thinking, well, what could she have really done? You know, I I think she did everything she could do, which is to raise this young boy with love and the best she could. But that line where she says, who are we to think we're God? And we've talked about whether or not dark is building towards an elaborate religious allegory. And I think we've said, on the one hand, we hope not. On the other hand, I'm not discounting it yet, but right. that, that whole idea of whether or not free will exists or, you know, I mean, is Claudia her pulling strings is that playing god well again we don't know but it's certainly something we we got to consider okay so here's something else to bend your brain i just thought of this so mickle right gets adopted by ns so now he is now mickle conwall and he's like oh shit oh man like i'm gonna freaking marry him i'm I'm Michael. I'm Michael Conwell, the dude who killed himself. Oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. Like, you know, like he's old enough to know what happened. Certainly in this small town, Michael's suicide, he definitely knew about. No question. Like, you know, like he's now we're starting to like look at Michael and say, holy crap. Like, is that did he kill himself because he already knew he had to like this was the day this is how i did it this is the place i i know this is all this because i remember when i was a kid i this is the day i killed myself right but then that would assume that he understands that he's in a causal loop which 
I just can't imagine there's anything that would lead him to actually think that at this point. My, qu- think my he, question he would be. He just realizes, like, I, I just went back to 1986, and now my name is Michael Conwald or Michael Conwald. And holy shit, I'm, I'm Michael. That, that was freaking me. Like, like he's definitely got to realize that. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about Mickel as an 11 year old, then living his life. And and my question would be, well, geez, I'm surprised he didn't kill himself sooner, knowing what he yeah. knows and, and being able to put the pieces together, as you, you just mentioned. Well, maybe he wants to, like, hey, I get to bang Hannah later. All right, well, that's cool. Yeah, I'll tell you, the more, the more I see <laughs> I'll, her. I'll ride this out. <laughs> the more I see her, the less I... Yeah, right. But he doesn't see the crazy side, right? <laughs> he just he just says, I'm I'm definitely at some point in my life I'm definitely gonna get some. So All right. Well yeah. I, I really you got that like to the, look forward to. I, I really like the scene when Jonas goes to school, meets Bartosh outside in the pouring rain. Now why they don't just step under the little overhang there, I, I can't tell you. But Bartosh calls him out about lying, kissing Martha and then he, he utters that line that you only say something like this to be deliberately cruel. You're just like your dad. And, and then, of course, that's when they start fighting. And I thought the fight yeah. scene was actually pretty good. I'm guessing those two young actors probably had a little bit of fun, you know, kind of like fighting each other, the competitiveness. Yeah. It doesn't last long because fortuitously, Martha just happened to be at that door to see them. And, of course, she's smart enough to stay under the underhang and not get wet. But Bartosh telling him, don't you ever come back here, which obviously has multiple meanings. Right. Well, it's silly, first of all. It's like Joe should be like, dude, this is my school. I have to come back here. But I, I I get what you're saying, though. But I think more to the point, this is the genesis of their adult conflict. Ah, so Older you have Jonas Bartosh as Noah. And and Bartosh as Noah, which, again, we'll get to in a little bit. So, so you got that Kool-Aid I sent you. I'm uh, glad to see that. Now, Jonas <laughs> goes to Mickle's hospital room, finds Noah reading over him, and then that's, of course, where Helga knocks out Jonas. Right. Okay, hold on. I got to stop you there because this is the key decision that Jonas makes, right? Before um the older jonas came and you know because he went on a mission to grab mickle and bring him back uh but the 2052 jonas stopped him and said listen you're gonna erase yourself right and as he's talking to inez he realizes that you know what like i you know like my my mother is having sex with my grandfather and my just kiss my aunt and all this stuff he really how crazy but he's like you know what they're all right there's nothing wrong with them it's me so he comes to this realization that he has to despite what future self told him he's got to wipe out his own existence by bringing mickle back if he brings mickle back that will to him that will make everything right yeah that's a great everything will go back to normal no mickle back really not it's really not go ahead Sorry, uh, you know, you know. So, so he he finally gets to that point. Like it's almost like his dad. This like so like we you know we talk about all this suicide. Like he's almost deciding to commit suicide. He's deciding to end himself by getting Mickle and bring them back. 
but, but bringing him back is he thinking that this gives my father another chance at life yeah well i think he's thinking that none of this stuff will happen, happen then right because mickel will you know he'll go back to his life and he'll be a little kid and hannah will be an old lady and they won't ever get married or hook up and have jonas and and you know I, he's just equating, I think, Mikkel's disappearance as being kind of like the the key event that triggered everything else. Okay. Now, do we I'm assume, not sure he's right there. Do we assume that Helga and Noah know that Jonas is going to be there because he's always there? This is what he always does because you know Helga's hiding behind the door. He's got the chloroform ready to go. Well, yeah. Well, he's you know he's got the little notebook, right? Right, so exactly. I don't, I don't think necessarily it's that he always does it. It's just that he's going to do it because that you know in the notebook that's where he's going to be. Okay, so he wakes up in the chair in the room in 1986, and the stranger arrives. And you talked about watching it in German as I did on my last watch, and just hearing their real voices. It yeah. has so much more impact, and yeah, I, I really the guy wish- like the, the 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 dub actor's voice. I'm he, I mean, I'm sure he did a wonderful job, but it's uh, n- not nearly as good as hearing the the actual actor say the lines. So, the stranger, older Jonas, comes and he's talking to Jonas through the the window in the door and reveals the truth of his identity, which you know we suspected all along. Tells him he's already burned the letter and received it from his grandmother and he had this conversation, but he was on the other side. I love that meaning. He, he was 2019 Jonas. Right. Right. And, and and he just lays it out there that we're on a loop, tells him that he wants to destroy the black hole. So all these things that we've suspected all along, we get some answers for. I've seen things that no one should ever see. And I'm not sure to what he's referring there. I mean, is it what he sees in the future or is it the interpersonal relations, the way people treat each other? I I don't know. And again, I'm not sure we really can come up with a a accurate answer at this point. Well, it's the future is clearly bad. It's very, very bad, right? And even uh, Tadhouse asked him, well, what's the future like? And he's just like, it's not going to be here tomorrow, bro. You know, like kind of like, like he said, I don't even want to talk about it. Because something, you know, he says to Jonas, I want the same thing you want. And Jonas says, I want everything to be back to normal. Older Jonas says, well, that's 33 years later. That's the same thing that, that I want, right? But okay. here's the thing. 2019 Jonas, like what, 16, 17 year old Jonas, whatever, he wants to get Mickle and take him back and end himself and his existence. And something has changed, obviously, in the, the 33 years where now the older Jonas doesn't see as that that will be the solution to the problem. Okay. Right. And, and, and that's fair enough. I mean, I think the fact that he wants to put a stop to all this. Again, do we look at that as breaking the loop? I guess that's the way I'm looking at looking at it. I, I think that's what he thinks. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. What uh, older Jonas thinks he's doing is breaking the loop, which is you know just like I mean, it's honestly, like just 
it's crazy to to think that because obviously he's seen enough to know that you know kind of like everything you're doing is preordained and and the things we do to try and stop things from happening actually bring them about and oh lord uh, head hurting <laughs> All right. Well, we cut to 1953, Helge in the bunker. Jonas is in 1986 in the room with the bright wallpaper when the space time hole tear, whatever we want to call it, appears and they can see each other. And we, of course, know they're in the same place, just in different times. And again, I love that visual as they reach for each other. They touch fingers, and then, of course, the hole closes. But now Helga has moved forward into the 1986 room, and Jonas has moved forward. And here's where I'm going to disagree with, I think, the prevailing wisdom. If Jonas moves forward one, you know, one point, one click, he, he should be in 2019. He should Not, be, but... It's clearly not. not. Well, why do you say that? It it could just simply be a different 2019. I I, I just want to throw that out there because. Oh, that's interesting. You know, perhaps some things have changed. For instance, we know 2019 Helga is dead, you know, from the car accident. I mean, we see him getting zipped up in the body bag. So Martha's a lot older, too. You know, so I'm wondering whether he just moved to 2019 and it's just the bunker is now different because yeah. a different set of circumstances. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get what so, you You know, that's, that's an interesting idea. I don't agree with it, but I think that's interesting. Okay. So he sees the weapons, the photo wall, which, you know, Fred has documented so well. And, and uh, I'm sure we'll end up on the Facebook group. I think some of them are up there already. But he hears the rumbling outside. He goes outside into the woods. And the first thing I think you notice are the white flakes falling from above. Now, we know that a, a hole in the space-time continuum was just torn. So we wonder whether it's something to do with that. On the other hand, it is November, and I don't know where Germany sits along the latitude and longitudinal lines but it's pretty far north so is it just snow uh yeah you know it, it kind of looks like it but i don't think so i think it's some kind of you know result of the um you know the the creation of the black hole okay and, and I, or I it's destruction right. maybe noah is wrong you know well I mean, the first thing he sees, and my first reaction was that, oh, these are all a bunch of burned out military vehicles and what looks like the remnants of a battle. But when you look again, they're just ordinary vehicles. I don't recall right. that there were any military vehicles. No, no. They were, well, they, they, I mean, they were like trucks and, and SUVs, like things that right, right. could be used, like, like, like a, a guerrilla force would use as a military, but not any kind of official, um, ex- you know, and even the, the truck that rolls up, it, it's very Mad Max, you know, like very oh, like, yeah. cobbled together, not, you know, not like a Humvee. Right. And 
We didn't do an official tip of the week, but if you have not seen the original Mad Max trilogy, uh. not that, not that uh, uh, crap that they put out a couple years ago. Um, oh, that wasn't so bad. But, uh, I couldn't get through it. But anyway, vehicles are still smoking. There are fires going on. You can see smoke in the distance. So right. clearly, there's. I, I think the idea is that there's some sort of a war some sort of battle going on. And then, as you say, a vehicle drives up, very Mad Max-like. Well, he, also, like, uh, if you could interrupt you really quick, because they have, like, the barrels have fires inside. So it's not like fires set off by explosions or anything. These are deliberately created fires inside these big oil barrels. Right, right. right? That's true. And there's a bunch yeah. of them. So this is now, almost the- like a place where, I'm not saying a camp, but you know like like people, like that that's the thing that got me watch is like all those barrels that with the fires inside of them i mean that's something you do if you're going to be there for a while right well that's true and and there are also signs and barriers that look like they've been there for a while that imply that there's nuclear radiation and that it's dangerous so is it a result of the power plant going up is it a result of actual nuclear warheads being exploded a combination of the, the two but it, it seems at this point the radiation must have subsided because these people seem no worse for wear right and, and they're certainly close enough to it but i mean it looks like there are about 20 or 30 people on this huge vehicle and the scene that i know everybody's talking about you sent me two pictures and you'll get to talk about them in a second here a uh, young woman comes up to him. No, not and, young. Not young. Not well, at all. Not at so all. So how old no. do you think she is? No. How old do you think no. she is? Well, I Go told ahead. you I think it's Martha. I'm I'm almost positive it's Martha now. Okay. Uh, and the thing is, like, because at first, when I first said that, I thought, upon recollection, but she seems young. And I look at her now, I'm like, no, she's not young. You know, like, so, like, like the stranger, right? Take the stranger. He's supposed to be about fifty years old, right? Okay, sure. He he says thirty three years, and we assume that Jonas is. You know, we don't know how old he is, but I think he's oh, around 17, 17, 18. 18, right? So that makes him sure. fifty fifty one years. He doesn't. I mean, to me, he does. I don't know. I mean, I'm almost fifty one, so I guess I should. <laughs> think, I mean, not. I mean, I, said, I got a couple years before fifty one. Don't get me wrong, guys out there, but. Uh, but I'm getting close to that, so I so I can see that, like where he he doesn't look like I don't look at him and think he looks old. But could he pass for fifty one? I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, I guess kind of, you know. Um, and so I was thinking the same thing when I saw this lady who hits Jonas. Um, you know, she's got the big scar in her face and everything. I'm like, she could definitely she could probably pass for late 40s early 50s i think okay well i'm not seeing it but i'll you know i guess i'll wait oh, to see what see fred it. says well, well fred probably <laughs> will do some sort of a facial analysis and and he probably has right, software right, that right. can but uh you know now you thinking it's martha though it is martha makes, uh, uh, all right so he asks and and certainly he's cognizant enough to know the kind of world that he's in and he says what year is it yeah and she rifle butts him welcome to the future 
Well, she says, yeah. welcome to the future, now, and then she rifle butts him. Oh, okay. But I guess you could argue she rifle butts him because he broke up with her way yeah. back. She's She's got 33 years of being pissed off to- if this is 2052, and I'm right, I'm leaning that way. I, I I am. I'm leaning towards 2052, but I I can't let go of the idea that Welcome to the Future. Well, he just came from 1986, so 2019 would be the future. So I'm right. just well, I'll just leave I, it at that. Yeah, unfortunately, because I've I put it out there that it's Martha, I cannot back down from it being. 2052 right because if it's 2019 then martha would be young like she'd be a teenager and I, you know, that that lady's definitely not a teenager i mean we we definitely agree on that but th- but that, that that's just that's a that's a really that's that's a, a very very um intriguing concept that it could be 2019 now also and, and i have to you know kind of give fred the uh the the credit that for it. this one of you know, when do these people age, right? When did Jonas age? When did Claudia age, right? I mean, yes, they are older than they were, but, you know, when you're time traveling, it's like you can totally be young in a bunch of different eras at the same time. So where did those 33 years pass for Claudia and for Jonas? Well, that's true, but I think we can certainly say it's not until 1986 Claudia is sitting in her car with the Theory of Time Travel book, Tanbaum's or Tanhouse's book. So that's the first point at which it, it probably even occurs to her. So, you know, we don't know at what point she actually starts time traveling. Right. So she's a big mystery. That, she's a right, huge mystery. And, and, Right, and the fact that Bartosh had no idea what she looks like tells right. us something, and, and so that goes back. Now, the other thing about this Mad Max-like group, the idea of them being in the far future, 2052, okay, so 33 years in the future, and I've seen people say, well, come on, I mean, look at that drone. Well, yeah, I've looked at that drone a lot, and it ain't all that futuristic, when you really look at it in fact it almost looks like something that was developed just you know in in a different timeline you know but more to the point they don't seem afraid of it no it flies overhead they don't run for cover so is that drone associated with whatever side they're on oh i mean i would clearly say it is for sure right because they don't even blink they they look up as if it's like yeah there's there's no threat from it at all so for sure um it's if 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 there is well i mean there must be a side right this is this is clearly a war situation right uh um, right and that that uh and i don't even know if it's a drone it's like a helicopter with you know crazy like rotors on it and everything um, yeah, well, they almost look like bicycle kind of tires or, yeah. or wheels or well, spokes, yeah. So. But I mean, it, it looks like a drone, but it's big enough to, I think, to to be like an actual helicopter, right? So, um, um, well, why don't we talk about Ulrich for a little bit? We don't see a lot of him, but the question we've got to look at is: he going to live out his life in 1953? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Ulrich here. I mean, the the only thing I can say is this, is that there is clearly zero evidence to link him to the murder of the two boys. Unfortunately, he's completely guilty of kidnapping and trying to murder Helga. But Helga is now in 1986. And he might show up any day now saying, hey, guys, what's up? You know? Oh, let that guy go. Who's that guy? No, I've just been wandering around. You know, so I mean, the 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 possibility of him getting out of this is not remote. It seems really bad now, but uh, you know, they they definitely don't have him for the the murder, and they think he's a child murderer. Well, they also right. think you know he killed Helge, um, which he did try to do that. That 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 is a true thing. Um, but you just feel like Ulrich is is somehow going to be freed. But what he does after that is, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what he'll do after that. You well, know? I mean, but he he takes the the reasoned approach of making fun of his captor and mocking his captor, brings right. up the heavy metal well, music. Egon, you know, like if it were anyone else, <laughs> he would probably be much better behaved. But it's Egon; and he just can't resist it. You know. Okay, now Egon. After he recites those lyrics, Egon says, are you a Satanist? <laughs> now, I, I listened to those lyrics he quoted. I, I don't know what would make somebody think that those are lyrics associated with Satanism. Yeah, I think but, that was just like a, a little joke that they threw in there, you know. Okay. Well, well, Fred will point out in one of his feedbacks that unless you speak German, you really miss the joke here, you know, the, uh, the, the joke with the language and that's okay. But as you said, he accuses Ulrich of killing the children, which is a natural supposition to make, but he tells them, no, I was trying to save them. And he's ranting that he can change things that'll happen if he lets, if he's let go. And we're thinking like, dude, you're a cop. What on earth would make you think the behavior you're exhibiting would make the policemen that have you in their custody let you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like, does he not realize how crazy he sounds? Right. And that's just like, again, I, I, I almost want to say this is totally in line with Ulrich's character, but while he has been very impulsive and doesn't think things through, now he's just acting crazy. Like, you're absolutely right, you know? And, yes. he, you know, he's singing heavy metal lyrics to a cop in 1953 who probably would crap himself if you played a Beatles song for him, you know? It's like, um, you know, like, yeah, there's just nothing that he does is going to get him out of there at all. And maybe he doesn't right. care. Maybe he just, he realizes he's totally screwed. And so, I, I don't know. Yeah, but see, I think the thing is, he does care. I think he does think he's going to get out of there. I just don't understand how. I mean, I mean, unless he escapes somehow, unless they let their guards down somehow, and and I don't know. So I, I guess we'll see because, I mean, at this point in his career, Egon seems to be a relatively efficient police officer as opposed to the one we see in 1986 where you could certainly understand uh you know look like something out of uh 
Andy Griffith show where uh, Barney gets too close to the uh, jail cell and the, the guy in the cell just reaches and grabs his keys. <laughs> right. Right. So, well, yeah, well, something now, happened and, you know, and Ulrich says, you know, are you drinking already or is that just after your wife leaves you? So of course, yeah. teenage Ulrich is going to have that little bit of dirt on Egon ready to go at any moment. Uh, it must have been a little satisfying. He gets to say that to him in more than one decade. But Egon's still like, uh, like he's, I mean, he he is an efficient police officer. I guess you could say more so. But he still is doesn't like think things through and like assumes his first thought of of someone's guilt or innocence, and he runs with that at the while ignoring everything else. I mean, let's face it. There's two dead bodies there of kids, and they got a guy, but he's not your guy. And they're they're compl- He's so focused on busting Ulrich, he's not even. He's not out there. The, I mean, the the real guy is there. Noah is in 1953. So and his obviously his just this ridiculous obsession with Satanism is. I, I think they did that. To be, you know, obviously because like as Fred pointed out. Um, you know, it's a, it's kind of a pun, you know, it's a play on words there. Uh, but also it's, it's funny that even in 1953, Egon is obsessed with Satanism. Right. Well, and, and I think the plausible answer is that one of the time travelers will end up freeing him because that's what has to happen Ex- in this causal loop. Exactly. Right. That, um, I, I think that, Ulrich probably still has a part to play. And so in order for that to happen, someone's going to have to go back in time and, and free him. Right. And then obviously in the background, you know, when Ulrich mentions about, did you start drinking before or after your wife left you? And of course we see the, the sparks continuing between Agnes and uh, his wife, Doris. Oh so. Yeah. All right. Um, now, Charlotte starts to put the pieces together, and she's been doing this for a while. She calls Peter and asks about the date of his father's kidnapping, and he just tells her, fall of 53, and, and of course, she thinks it's all connected. I love the scene where we see 86 Charlotte in the woods drawing dead birds when 2019 Jonas walks by and asks her the day and year. Uh, again, yeah, 1986. Not like, have you ever had anybody come up to you and ask what year it is? No, not once. But he tells her he's there to bring somebody back from the dead. And I love her response. Well, can you bring them back? And he's like, no, they already have to be alive or something like that. I was speaking figuratively, kid. All right. Right, right, (laughs) right. So we know what he means. but uh, and, And then we see... 2019 charlotte looking at the old newspaper story of helga's kidnapping november 10th 1953 and just one of those watershed moments in the episode when she sees the mugshot photo of ulrich yeah and the caption is this man a child murderer so we're wondering now what is she thinking i I mean is she making that leap to time travel i, I mean i yeah, think that's it's, a pretty big leap yeah I, I think it's great how they did it where she just looks her eyes get super wide it starts playing the creepy music and then it just like 
that, you know? So what is she thinking? I mean, that, that is crazy. Now, what she might be thinking is, you know, we should really update and get this microfiche on like computers somewhere. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we're at the hour and three minute mark. So this is probably a good place to take a break. Listen to Fred's first feedback, which uh, covers some of the things in episode 109 as well. So let's take a listen to Fred's first feedback, and then we'll get to his second one next time. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands. It's feedback for Dark, season one, episode 10, called Alpha and Omega. Since Dave informed me that you are going to do two podcasts about this last episode of season one of Dark, I also have divided my feedback. I did divide it into three parts. Part one, about the previous episode. Part two, about this last episode of the season. And part three, Fred's questions. Okay, part one, Fred's feedback on the previous episode. Having seen this final episode just a few days before your episode nine podcast was posted, it finally was safe for me to listen to your spoiler zone as well. Now I could also go back to the spoiler zones of your podcasts about episode 7 and 8. And as said by uh, Wayne in the spoiler zone of uh, episode 7, Yes, Wayne, you did say things in a clever way, knowing about stuff but not revealing them. You know, Wayne, what the great thing is? Dave does it as well. Last podcast I made a little mistake and I said I would listen to all four of your spoiler zones. But of course this episode, about episode 10, will not have a spoiler zone. Because otherwise you would be able to look into the future. Well, you never know with a series as dark. Perhaps the two of you found a very nice cave somewhere in the woods near your houses. Second point, we were discussing in episode 9... that the only couple in Winden that felt as a good loving couple were actually Regina and Alexander. I agree on that, but obviously this is no guarantee that your children also will be of the loving type. Sometimes you will end up with an asshole as Bartos. And if it's true that Noah is Bartos, then this label surely fits. If Claudia and Noah are a kind of enemies, and Noah is Bartos. I cannot fully understand the rather mild discussion between Grandma Claudia with her grandson Bartos in episode 9. Third point, talking about re- relationships in Winden. In the last podcast, Wayne was suggesting Noah could be Bartos. Well, if you look at their faces, and I posted a comparison on the Facebook page, it surely suggests so. One of the things this show does very well is the typecasting of the actors for the different time periods in Winden. And as you can hear perhaps in the back, it's Sunday. So why talking? Uh, uh, why taking a middle-aged and a teenaged actor um, in two completely different roles, but still with very similar f- facial features? Just to put us on, on us on the wrong track here, Whereas for all the other actors, this kind of typecasting was done on purpose? I don't think so. Another very good typecasting is, for instance, Boris and Alexander. But okay, let's assume Noah is Bartos. Then Bartos is Martha's great-grandfather, via Tronte and Ulrich. 
Since Jonas is her nephew, it doesn't matter so much which of these guys she takes, it remains family. Furthermore, Wayne was suggesting in the spoiler zone of episode 8, uh, to which I finally could listen now, that Tronte could be Regina's father, since Tronte and Claudia had a relationship as confirmed by Jana to her son Ulrich when, she, when he asks her uh, where her father was the night Mats disappeared. Furthermore, there is no indication of uh, another man in Claudia's life, at least so far. However, it is then strange that there is only an empty, small, transparent sheet protector at the position of Regina's father. Uh, on the picture wall in 2052. If Claudia is the creator of the picture wall, then there should be a picture in that sheet protector. I assume Claudia knows who the father of her daughter is. Or does this indicate that Claudia is just looking at the picture wall in episode 8 and she's not the creator? If this is the case, who is the creator then? Jonas? Well, I really doubt it, because if you look in the episode 10, uh, so this episode, when Jonas arrives in 2052, assume that it is 2052, he arrives in that same bunker with the picture wall already there. Did you notice, by the way, a little difference between the picture wall Claudia is looking at in episode 8 and this one? Now there is a red thread between younger and older Jonas that was not there before. This would suggest that the maker of the picture wall didn't know there was a connection between Jonas and the stranger. But now he or she does know. And even already before Jonas arrives in 2052. So what does this tell us? Well, it's quite confusing. Younger Jonas couldn't have done it, he just arrived. Older Jonas knows his whole life, so that he is Jonas, so he could have done this way before, and even could have put his own picture next to that of the younger Jonas right away. Could it be Claudia? But then this would mean she only just got to know that. How then? Was she listening when older Jonas was at the locked bunker door telling it to himself? According to what Nola is telling Bartois in the car, Claudia is misleading older Jonas and she is the one that is instructing him what to do. So she knows that the stranger is Jonas. I can't get my head around it. Do you? Okay, going back to the family connections in Winden. If 1. Tronte is Regina's father, and 2. Noah is Bartos, then not only Bartos is Martin's great-grandfather, via Tronte and Ulrich, but also her half-cousin, because they have the same grandfather, namely Tronte. Assuming this is true, then Tronte is the father of Ulrich, with Jana, and the father of Regina, with Claudia. This makes Ulrich and Regina half-brother and half-sister, which makes Bartos and Marta half-cousins. The paradox in this is that both these things are tr if both these things are true, then Bartos is his own great-grandfather, via Regina, Tronte uh, and Noah. 
So I think only one of these two can be true. Uh, Doug Crabtree, Crabtree made a very funny remark on the Facebook page about this. He said, the family trees in Winden are shaped like pretzels. Well, I fully agree. Last podcast we discussed the scene with Magnus and Francesca in bed uh, and the purpose of that scene apart from some free nudity. You said that uh, although they are minor characters in the series, they are coming back with some minor scenes every time again and again. They must have some significance. I think that because they are young, we will get an older version of them in 2052. Uh, and that they play a more important role there, uh, and that the scenes we see now with them are just a preparation for that. One other option is is that we will have a child that plays an important role in 2052, or perhaps perhaps even beyond that, 2085. Okay, that was all for my first part of feedback. All right, so let's address post-apocalyptic claudia first and fred brings up when she goes to see teenage bartosh why doesn't she take a more active approach if in fact the two are enemies in the future whatever future you know it is yeah that's a good point like if she's well because is is she looking to change we have no idea what claudia's real game is here but uh yeah, but like yeah, if if Bartosh becomes Noah and knows her mortal enemy, I mean she could just pop him right here, right? Well, well yeah, and of course we talk a lot about the causal loop and making sure things happen the way they're supposed to and and of course what keeps going on in my mind, well yeah, but what if they don't? On the other hand, maybe she's just checking out the competition in this scene before making whatever decisions need to be made i mean again it goes back to noah saying that claudia pulls the strings and is this kind of a recon mission on her part so that Mm -hmm. she doesn't necessarily want to go in with too heavy a hand right right so all right now could be the other question he brings up and we've been talking about this for a few weeks now are bartosh and noah the same person at different points in time. Now, I wasn't convinced earlier, but the more times I watch this episode, the more I'm convinced, the more I'm moving in that direction. And it's more than just the similar facial features, which are undoubtedly there. I mean, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, he reads Bartosh in on the time travel component. Yep. Gives him a notebook. Yeah. and, And I'm trying to watch his reactions and you know on on the one hand he is really rather placid and even complacent but it, it leads me to think we're seeing kind of the same thing that we saw with the stranger and jonas it's just that maybe jonas is a little smarter than bartosh i mean maybe bartosh really just can't process what it is noah's telling him well jonas got like a note from his dad true you know explain everything so yeah that kind of pushed him along the lines but uh, okay so there's a couple things here first of all like you know i mean fred has the two pictures and you look at those you're like 
Ah, uh, for sure. Like Bartosh is definitely Noah. But here's here's something else. I don't know if you caught this. So in the scene at the at the school where they're fighting. Okay. So Bartosh has on this like black hoodie. Yeah. But like right by the neck, he's got like these uh vertical white bars on his hoodie. Like That's- almost like a like a collar. Like a priest collar. Oh. No, I didn't like, check it that. out, man. It, like I just saw it, um, like the the last time when I went back and watched. It, I'm like, holy crap! I'm, and so, like I'd actually been backing off on that theory a little bit because I just like I just think, especially when like he hands him the book, it's like it's it seems like it's like they're they're making it, like kind of too obvious, you know? And like the show doesn't really do obvious very much. But then when I saw like the bars like on his hoodie, like right by his neck, like making it look like almost like he had a priest collar on, I'm like, oh man. And I think we've already established that no small detail is placed without a purpose. Right, because I've I've like never seen a hoodie look like that, you know. So I'm like, they definitely like that is that is definitely done on purpose. Again, Quite likely a red herring, though. I, I have to admit that, too. This well, could be a big old red herring that I'm chasing, but, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know either. I, I mean, in so many ways, you know, from that, that first scene, you know, back in the alleyway when Bartosh gets in the back of Noah's vehicle and they have their first encounter, it, it's almost like he's training his protege or preparing his protege preparing somebody not necessarily to take his place but to jump on the loop and take your place so i think what we've seen out of bartosh from a moral and ethical standpoint i mean i don't think anybody believes noah when he says we're the light we're the good guys Claudia is well, evil. Bartosh believes him. Well, but I think that's it. Well, they, and you know, Hellgate seems to buy into it, right? But I again, I wonder about Hellgate, and, and, and we're going to talk about Hellgate uh, obviously in a lot more depth tomorrow uh, next week. But I just don't know how smart Hellgate really is. I mean, Bartosh, I, I I think he's smart. I was probably wrong. You you were right. I mean, certainly Jonas had the advantage of the letter that his future self gives to him and it kind of illuminates everything that's really going on. But I just think what we've seen out of Bartosh that he's not a good guy. He really isn't. No, no, no. no. And whereas Jonas agonized over everything when, like when, when Jonas found out about the time travel, everything, like I think I compared him to Hamlet, you know. Like all of a sudden, he is actually this twice they have compared him to Hamlet. I think there's a pretty strong Hamlet Jonas connection here. Dead okay. father, mother banging another guy, dude. Oh my God, Jonas is Hamlet. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like but anyway, it. but he he struggles with it. He he is burdened by it. He doesn't. It's not like oh, this is cool. Like. You know, it's it's a a terrible burden that he he probably wishes he'd never found out at all. Whereas Bartosh is just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, like he just accepts it, like doesn't question it, takes the book, and 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 so we can see if he is Noah, we can see how that happens because 
he, you know, Noah is like unquestioning and, and single-minded and just thinks, you know, like what he wants to do, the end justifies the means. He, he doesn't care about anyone else, really. Like Helga is really this other person in his life, but he doesn't, we, we know he doesn't care for Helga, you know? So, I mean, you can, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can see how a person like Bartosh could easily become a person like Noah. So. All right, well, Let's go ahead and leave that aspect there. I'm going to go that I I think they are one and the same. But he also brings up the missing photo on Claudia's post-apocalyptic photo board. And, you know, one of the things, and I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me, that I can't ever see myself going to the level of detail that Fred has been going (laughs) during the course of these uh, podcasts. And, and, they add so much that we would have missed because the place where Regina Tideman's father's photo should be, well, it's blank. Is it Tronte Nielsen? I mean, evidence to the contrary because of the affair we know he was having with her. I'd have to say, yeah, probably. I mean, is there another answer, do you think? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm like, actually, I just blew up the picture to kind of look at it now. I mean, there's definitely a, a string leading to a, a, a blank, um, you know, plastic thingy right underneath of Claudia. Um, and then Regina is right next to it. Now, you know, does that mean that, 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 that means it's her father, right? Well, right. I mean, we don't like, know who. Uh, I don't know because because this isn't. Is. Yeah, and oh my god, this is just so crazy. <laughs> I have really looked at like this wall. This is like this is this is madness, man. Okay. Now, um, yep. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I, 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 I actually, I'm, I'm seeing now on the wall they do have like you know the string between two people and their kids are pulled from the string yeah 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 yeah. and so but but so like so regina is connected to to no one like there there isn't a string running from so there's a string running from claudia to this blank plastic but there's no string you know you would think that there would then be a string going to regina from the string between those two but there's not so regina is just out there with not connected to anyone except Alexander. All right. Well, Fred also brings up who the creator of the board, because we don't know that for sure. I mean, it could be Claudia, but it could be Jonas. It could be Noah. I mean, it's probably not Noah, but it could be Jonas. Now, Fred noticed the red thread seems to indicate that Jonas is not the board's creator since he would know his own future and and then i think that leaves it that likely claudia is the creator of this photo board what the purpose of it is at this point we don't know but i I think it is an important detail to consider who who actually created it and oh my god this photo board is insane dude oh it is insane (laughs) this is crazy oh my god and it's like so oh 
Well, I mean, Fred also brings up in the feedback the whole idea of the family connections. And and while, you know, I was going to say we're not going to address them all, but we kind of address them all at some point. I do have to say Bartosh turning out to be his own great grandfather would be so dark. Can we add that to the lexicon? It's like, oh, that is so dark. Right. Well, it might be taken, but yeah, we could try it. All right. Now, he also mentions, I'm getting the feeling that Fred, like me, really has a vested shipping interest in Francesca and Magnus. And I would love to see them further their relationship and see them as older adults, although I would miss the actors that are portraying them as teenagers. I I would miss them as teenagers. Well, you know, I mean, we, we see Magnus in 2052, but I don't know if we see Francesca, though. Oh, so you think we do, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. th- I, I, I know I could probably wait till the next time, but I just can't. Go, <laughs> no. So the, the picture, the one picture I sent you yeah. of uh, who I believe is Martha in the foreground, right. and then there's like a person, she has like her two, apparently like her two lieutenants, because she clearly is a leader. And then she has a person to her right and to her left. The person to the right is a tall person, so I can adequately describe what we're seeing here. So, um, so I'm sorry. The guy to her right is is taller, okay. and um, I, you know, I think from we only he's got the mask pulled over his you know face, but could easily be a, a Magnus. I think his his eyes. We can see his eyes, and I think that could work. And then the the guy to her her left is um, you know like has dark curly almost Arabic Semitic type features from what we can see. And I'm like, so is is you know maybe Yasin's back or you know I don't know. So but you know so as, as, if I'm following this theory. As far as I can take it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know drive myself into the ground with this one, is that in that picture is Martha is the lady with a scar on her face, who looks awfully pissed at Jonas, and then Magnus is to her right, um, the so, taller one, the taller one, yeah, and the other guy who clearly is important. Right, I mean, there's only two people who are like in this shot who really stand out. So these two guys are both significant. There's no question about it. But I don't know who that other guy is because you know, like the only uh, it was earlier mentioned in the um, the autopsy for Yasin in 1953. They mentioned that he looked like had dark Arabic features. So you know, that that's the only thing I could think of that other guy. So anyway. Well- all right, all I got to say is after listening to you and looking at the picture, dude, you're wigging. What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think you're right. I, I and, and I'm not even sure I hope you're right. You know what I mean? It, it's I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know whether I want that to be Martha or not. I, I, I mean, I, I certainly I want martha to still be in the narrative as we move into the future if this is in fact 2052 or even if it's a different and alternate 2019 which i think probably 
flies in the face of the causal loop theory. And I've tried to do a lot of reading about time travel and the different loops. And, and, and again, it's, it, it's complex to say the least. And of course, that's what makes dark so much fun, but it's also what makes it so maddening. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, there are some spoilers out there that are coming from Baron Bo Odar and Yante Frisia, but I've really tried to stay away. I mean, I know there's a, a page from a script, presumably the season two premiere, but I don't even want to look at it. I mean, I've seen it, but I haven't looked at it, if you know what I mean. So if you're one of yeah. those people that you, you want to see it, it's out there. And, and I believe there are also some photos from, you know, the, the shooting that they've done. <sighs> anyway, um, but back yeah, to I, Francisca and Magnus for a second. I mean, I, I would love to see them continue in the story. And I, I got to believe we will see them. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like that, that I'm, I'm holding to for sure is that these characters who have not necessarily gotten tons of screen time this season – I think you're going to end up being super important uh, players. Uh, well, yeah, in, and if in not, the story, and if nothing else, we got to find out what her damn secret is. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny how we've forgotten about that. You know, like that seemed like such a big deal a couple episodes ago, and now it's like, eh. Jonas is in the future, so who cares what uh, what Francesca's doing to earn money back in 2019? So, well, uh, you know, I, I got to feel it is connected somehow. Uh well, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know, yeah, possibly. So, all right, well, next time, and I'm going to give you a chance if there's something, one of the topics we talked about tonight that you want to add in a few things, you'll get your shot. But I just, I just want to let everybody know. And, you know, I apologize on the one hand, because I know we're in the midst of this great discussion, but there's still so much to cover that we, we just have to split it up. And, and you'll have a week to consider what we said tonight and what's still to come. So, you know, next time we'll talk about you know, who the hell is Noah and what the hell is he up to? We'll talk about older Jonas making his move. And then, of course, I know the, the topic that you really want to delve into, and that's Helge. Yes. So we'll get to those next time, as well as Fred's feedback. And Fred's got 11 great questions. We've got some questions. Uh, I'm really feeling like we got another 90-minute podcast ahead of us, which is awesome because this <laughs> is dark. But is there anything that goes along with the things we talked about tonight that you want to. Yeah. Well, so I just pulled up, I went back on the Facebook and I pulled up the picture that Fred pulled of the future lady and Martha and dude, I, I am so right. I'm just, I'm just okay. <laughs> I'm right. I know it's Martha. I just know it is. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but I mean, honestly, I, I again, it, it is, I know it's kind of a crazy theory and, you know, I don't necessarily like, like shows that, that where like the podcasters just throw out, you know, crazy theories just for the hell of it. And they just, you know, say about 20 of them hoping, and one turns out to be right. You know, um, I, it just frustrates me when I listen to that because I'm like, you have, I just remember thinking like, where is 
like like as an English teacher, it's like where is your evidence to support that, right? And I just feel like it would be perfect that in the future that's gone to shit, like someone who seems so needy and weak. I'm not saying that Martha is needy and weak, but she kind of is in 2019, you know? Like, she's not really a very strong person on her own here, though she's there for her mom, you know? But so someone like that ends up becoming the complete badass leader of some kind of guerrilla band of warriors. I just, I dig that idea big time. Well, I hope you're right, because even when, you know, you mentioned that scene when she's there for her mother, it's almost like her mother didn't even give her a choice. You know what I mean? Martha has been sitting there almost zombie-like, and her mother comes in in an equal state of mind, and her mother just goes over and sits next to her and puts her head on her shoulder and... It's almost like Martha doesn't have any choice, but I, I love though the the transformation that would be required for your theory to be true. So I, I'm definitely digging that. It's just, I mean, like, like literally right now. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I watched this episode, and I was just like, like literally, I probably said aloud, like not WTF, but the words that they stand for, just like. Oh my God, like what? Like what? Like wait, like huh? <laughs> like you know, like Jonas Oh my God. And like I, I just I love a show that can do that. I love a show that fires my synapses like that, you know? Where you know what there there's definitely no certainty as to what's going on here. It gives us a lot to talk about what could possibly be going on here. And to to find out what the hell is going on, I just but you know, like the first episode is going to be something like takes place entirely in 1986. You know, like we're not going to see the future probably for like five episodes or something. Well, hopefully, or five seasons. Right? How awesome would that be? Right. To get well, I, I don't seasons. think I, I can wait five seasons to <laughs> find what out what's going on in the future. But but yeah, for I mean, there there is there's so much going on in this show. This is so deep there's so much to talk about this show it's just like I mean, we've literally been talking for an hour and a half and yeah. we're, we're we're maybe halfway there right and for one forget, episode all right and before i forget fred as always thank you for the feedback thank you for the photos i mean just thank you for your level of involvement and and as i've told you i mean it just adds so much to the experience but uh, just you know one of the things that is just so frustrating for me is this whole idea of traveling back in time only allows you to do what's already been done so yeah. this whole idea of going back in time to change you know the post-apocalyptic future from which you've come like travelers like terminator like you know a lot of shows doesn't seem to apply and i read one thing somewhere today and they were talking about you know the whole thing about well if you could go back in time and kill hitler would you and the causal loop theory would say okay you go back in time you kill baby hitler but then what we find out is that his parents then adopted another boy and that boy grew up to be this evil person right right so well in reference to that dave not only do you need to watch deadpool one 
<laughs> but now you have to watch Deadpool 2 because one of the extra scenes is it's oh my god it's so if anything maybe just look up like Deadpool 2 uh extra scenes because or post credit scenes uh it's it's hilarious it's awesome okay but the fact that you haven't watched Deadpool 1 at this point is like really starting to grade on me man borderline criminal <laughs> yeah like it's terrible it's it's awful i don't know like i'm telling you you will love this movie and you just seem bent on on denying yourself the pleasure of watching deadpool one you're like i could watch this awesome movie and love it but i steadfastly refuse to okay and you know what? i got i gotta appreciate that dave all right well <laughs> that's probably a good place to leave it you think for this week yeah okay yeah all right so as we said, we will be back next week with, again, as Wayne said, a, at least about half as much stuff still to go and to talk about. So that's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. We want to thank you, as always, for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark, anything we missed with the topics we talked about tonight, anything going on in genre TV, and obviously when we get more time, when we're finished with Dark, get back to a lot of those kind of discussions encourage you to join the facebook group there are some awesome discussions going on there if you're already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website we'll be back next week to conclude our discussion of the netflix series dark but until then you know dave just there's so much here i need to explain But first, we must take Matt to the place he needs to be found. We don't have much time.